with me, uh, and I'm all yours. Not for the money, and it's not for the applause. Uh, no, uh, let's put the noise plate section. Hello and welcome to the Juicy Deets NFL Podcast. I am your host, Alex Jensen. Some of you know me as Juicy. With me here, I've got Zach Deets, a.k.a. Zach from the Slack. Long Island iced tea in a small glass. How you doing, Zach? Still don't appreciate that joke, man, but I'm doing <laughs> awesome, man. Happy to be here. Really excited about this uh, new project you and me are taking on. Going to have a lot of fun with this. I'm excited for it, too. So that's kind of a nice cue for me to jump into what we're going to be doing here. So we're launching our first NFL podcast together. Me and Zach, both Sports Illustrated, both know each other from a long Slack discussion group. And uh, we decided we were going to get a podcast going, start to get some of these discussions out where other people can hear them. Uh, We're going to be kind of somewhat, I wouldn't say necessarily draft-centered, but draft-influenced quite a bit, but going around all football. Maybe we'll touch on college a little bit. Definitely going to touch on a lot of NFL Zach is covering the New York Giants for Sports Illustrated over here. I'm going to be draft-centered on my Sports Illustrated writing, but as everybody knows, big NFL guy. So without anything more to say there, I'm going to kind of launch into what we're going to be doing today for our kind of first episode here. What we're going to be doing is going position by position, breaking down what we look for when we're scouting or trying to build a team in each position and kind of just provide like a non-superstar, like no doubt, like they check all the boxes type player that we think really epitomizes what we're looking for in those players. And then uh, towards the end, maybe talk a little bit about which positions we're most comfortable scouting and which we aren't and why. But with that said, going to launch into it. And so what we're going to do is we're going to kind of identify a little brief description of what we're going to be doing at each position, what we look for break that down into kind of three defining traits that we're looking for, kind of distill it a little bit, and then give the player. So starting off, we're going to start off with quarterback. Pretty hard to find a player that's not a star player, but I'm going to let Zach kick it off. Zach, what do you look for when you're scouting a quarterback? Oh, well, I mean, it goes without saying, like you and me both know, I'm sure a lot of our listeners know that, you know, the new flashy thing is, you know, the ability to – use your legs and you know extend plays escape pressure stuff like that but if i'm going down i'm going i'm going to the uh fundamentals of it like arm talent and that could mean arm strength velocity of the throws you have to have solid arm talent to be a top tier prospect at quarterback for myself um second i would definitely say anticipation and ball placement those may seem like two different things but i feel like most most good quarterback prospects that throw of good anticipation, know when, know where to spot the ball, know where the receiver's route is going to end. They typically have good ball placement, so I do feel like those two uh, kind of go hand in hand. And then obviously accuracy. Like you can have guys wide open, even like in that five, ten, fifteen, you know, yards down the field, and just like overshoot them a lot. Like that is very frustrating, and that's one of the things that. You know, we've seen guys like that, like Josh Allen, you know, so many people when he was coming out didn't really, you know, 
Like they didn't. I was a Josh Allen hater. I was not a big fan of his. He's completely proven me wrong. But his accuracy was so bad, and it is a big red flag. But if I'm thinking about one prospect that you know fits all of those, all of those criteria that I had mentioned before in terms of being like a top tier prospect, feels like a cop out, Alex. I know you said, you know, don't go with a star. But I gotta go with Trevor Lawrence. Technically, he's not a star yet. He hasn't played a snap yet, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's probably the closest quarterback stylistically that I've seen to like a Peyton Manning type, like just his ability, you know, to, you know, read the defense, throw with immaculate touch and anticipation and also armed with, you know, a cannon for a throwing arm. Trevor Lawrence fits that criteria and it's the ultimate reason why he was the consensus number one player throughout the entire 2021 draft cycle but i'm interested to hear if you have anything you know similar to what i said anything different i'm sad to hear what you got to say buddy yeah and yeah i wanted to give you shit for trevor lawrence then i realized how hard (laughs) it is to find a quarterback that's not trashed but also not a star i mean if you're even okay as a quarterback you're a star that's just how it is and uh, i had that same sort of struggle i think for me what I'm looking at a quarterback right now is definitely changed quite a bit from where it was a few years ago. I think for me, number one, it's always going to be number one for me is accuracy. If you aren't able to, like you said, put the ball where you want it and with the time that you want to have it, you're just not going to be able to complete any pass in the NFL. And it, there's just no way around that. That's the baseline. The one thing you have to have, because if you're missing guys, it doesn't matter how good of an arm you have. It doesn't matter what you're able to do outside of structure doesn't matter anything else because it's going to be incomplete so accuracy is going to be number one for me then what i really want to see is off-platform ability i kind of put a couple things into one trait really but you need to be able to extend plays you need to be able to throw off off platform right now you have to be able to just perform when a play breaks down because these defenses if they find out you can't do that they're just going to blitz you mercilessly and unless you're the best quarterback under pressure all time, that's going to make you play below baseline level in the NFL right now. So that's a huge thing for me. And then the last trait I really had is game flow management. I think with all the great quarterbacks, you see they'll be a gunslinger. They need to do it. They'll take the check down when they need to. They're not worried about 100% average depth target every single play. They're worried about what's going to win them this game. They're going to bust out a long drive when they need to, but to wear down the defense and give their defense a rest. I think that's a huge thing, really a thing that separates the guys like a Tom Brady from a Kirk Cousins, who Kirk Cousins puts up some amazing stats when it comes to game flow management. That's not necessarily his strong suit right there. Peyton Manning, I thought, honestly had some issues with it in the past too, where he was just go, 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 score, 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 and that was great. But I think that that played a role in them not winning as many championships as they possibly could have, given how above and beyond a level player he was. For me, the guy that kind of encapsulated that that wasn't quite a star yet, who, funnily enough, I was I was pretty down on coming out too, is Justin Herbert, who reminds me a whole lot of Andrew Luck when he first came out. And maybe that's just the Pep Hamilton influence he had last year. But, I mean, he's just checks pretty much every box me of what I want to see. He's big enough to see over the line, which I think is a big deal. You can get around it, but you have to be above and beyond in every category. So I don't try to expect that I can find it every time. He's fairly accurate. He's willing to take his shots. He's willing to take his check downs when it comes to it. I think play calling, game management wasn't great last year, but 
I think he's shown the ability throughout college and early on in his NFL career that he can do it. Uh, and I just think he's all the things you want in a modern quarterback. I think he's a smart player as well. You know, you're uh, pretty rich. You were going to make fun of me for uh, taking Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Meanwhile, you you gave yourself Justin Herbert, man. No, but seriously, I mean, that's a great example. I definitely agree with you on a lot of those traits that you brought up. You know, that at off-platform ability, you know, is so crucial for, you know, the way the game is played today. And obviously, we agree on accuracy. If you're inaccurate, you're basically, your ceiling's capped already, but... Moving on now, we're going to the running back position. So, Alex, I'm curious to hear, you know, the three, what are your three main go-tos? When you're watching running backs, when you're watching these guys like the Najee Harris's, Javante Williams, you know, this year, like Isaiah Spiller, Brees Hall, guys like that, like what are you looking for primarily? So when I'm looking at a running back, and I have, I have pretty strong opinions on this one, uh, there's really four main traits I look at, so I'm going to cheat a little bit. But the biggest thing for me is vision. you got to have vision as a runner because if you're not going to know when those lanes are opening up and where they're coming from, where the defense is at, you're just going to have a rough day. And it doesn't matter what physical traits you have. We see it kind of time and time again. You'll get these freak athletes in there, and they're running into brick walls, and it's not going to matter how, how loose you are at this NFL level. I think vision is number one. When you look at the best running backs in the NFL right now, I don't see a single runner at towards the top that's not got great vision. I think particularly for me, Nick Chubb stands out. Obviously, he's too good for this list. The next thing I look for is ability to break tackles. I, I think that a lot of the time, what you're hoping for is you're hoping that you can get your running back to have the vision to see how to avoid the big man up front get him into some a situation where he's got to make one person miss and then he's got to make that person miss. Uh, I think breaking tackles is really where you can separate yourself as a value from just what you're schemed into as a running back. So I'm very, very big on ability to break tackles. And the last thing is just burst. I don't care too much about long speed for running back. It's great if you can rip it off, but you're so rarely going to be in those circumstances. I think first and foremost, you just have to get from zero to 10 yards and get that first step quick enough that no one's going to break an angle. on you. I think you want to be forcing players to adjust to what you're doing and not them be able to take you out of what you're trying to do as a runner. So I think those are pretty huge. Last thing I do care about quite a bit is I think most people would say pass catching ability. I think as long as you can catch a check down, you're fine. Most targets to running backs are better off being served to a wide receiver anyways. So I'm not as big on that. I care about pass blocking. I care about if you're in there and they need you to pick up a blitz, you're able to do that. You're able to identify where that blitz is coming from. You're not going to bite on a stunt and then miss the actual blitzer. And you're going to hold up and not just get driven right back into the quarterback fall over. So for me, a guy who came out that really, really exemplified those four traits is Javante Williams last year. He was my wide, he was my running back one, almost a wide receiver there. Definitely not a wide receiver, but uh, just insane tackle break ability. I thought he had fantastic vision. It's tough to tell in the ACC because those were some wide open defenses last year. And not the fastest player ever, but he's got that burst, that initial quickness to get through a gap. And uh, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Javante Williams. I'm really excited to see him this year. So that's me. That's me. What do you value in running backs? No, Javante Williams is awesome, man. I mean, 
He's going to be so good in Dumper, man. But uh, anyway, uh, I going back because it was fresh in my mind where you said, I know you brought up uh, the value in the passing game in terms of, you know, catching a ball out of the backfield, you prioritize pass blocking. I mean, it's not my number one, but it's definitely one of my three, just having value in the passing game, making sure, like, listen, running backs have already been decried for lacking value over the past few years. Like, I highly doubt we'll ever see a running back go number two overall again, like Saquon Barkley did for the Giants in 2018. But, yeah, I mean, you got to have value in the passing game. Nobody's going to spend an early-round draft pick. I don't care if you're averaging five, six yards a carry for someone that can pass block or can catch out of the backfield. So that's incredibly imperative. Um, something else, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you look at these two-down guys, like a guy like Zach Moss. And Zach Moss was a good, like, pass catcher out of Utah. I, I liked him a fair of I liked him a fair bit, but he's like his role in the NFL. I don't think Buffalo is going to use him like that, but not trying to get sidetracked or anything. My second one would definitely, I would have to agree with you, to be honest, first. Like I used to, I would look at running backs when I first started scouting around 2015 and I'd be like, oh, this guy ran like a four, six, four, six, five. Ew, gross. He's slow, but it's about, you know, that initial get off and, you know, being able to burst operate through the gaps, get through the line of scrimmage, be between the tackles, and create, you know, make the most. And, you know, I feel like Burst and Vision do kind of play off uh, with one another. And finally, um, maybe not the most important thing, but it's something that I 100% look for that a, a running back that's high on my board has to have is good contact balance. The ability for... You know, a linebacker coming down trying to shoot the gap and a player gets hit and he stumbles, but he, you know, he's able to regroup. He's able to, you know, maintain a majority, 80, 90 percent of that acceleration is super impressive. Those are the traits I have. Um, the guy who I did, he's not a star, unfortunately. He's not even an NFL player. Um, it's Journey Brown, Journey Brown. Uh, for anyone who knows me, I was a huge Journey R. Brown R. fan. R.I.P. I mean, we shouldn't say that. It's not like he's dead, but nah. But unfortunately, you know, Journey Brown, he really came on, came into his own um, at the end of the 2019 season for the Penn State uh, Nittany Lions. You know, I believe he had over 500 yards just rushing over his last five games, and unfortunately, he was diagnosed with a heart condition, which forced him to retire from football. But I just remember watching him, Alex, man, and I was just like, this guy has everything. You know, Travis Etienne was getting all the hype, and we know, and Etienne's a great player, and we know Clemson plays a part in that. But you know, Journey Brown, man, like that contact balance, he was projected to run like I believe he was timed to like a four three nine. So he was a he was gonna blaze. You know, he was improving in the passing game. He was a solid blocker. Just a awesome. big play waiting to happen. And you know, to be honest, I mean. I love Saquon coming out. He's probably the best running back I ever scouted. I wouldn't put Journey Brown up in that territory, but in terms of the most fun players I ever watched, he's definitely up there for me. Yeah, yeah. He definitely lacks one of my main traits, which is uh, ability to play football. But, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, man, yeah. I, I was I was bummed <laughs> when I heard that, too. He was, he was on a lot of sleeper lists coming to that year. Fun player. Yeah. Fun player. But speaking of value in the passing game, 
go to wide receivers. What do you value? I uh, I can see right now. I think a lot of people are gonna like the player you're picking. So uh, let's let's hear about what you value in wide receivers. Yeah, definitely. Uh, wide receiver. Now this might shock some of you. I'm not trying to sound all hot take or anything. I'm not. In terms of like college, scouting them out of college, I just need to see something out of route running. You just can't be running, you know, like go routes, nine routes, verts, all that stuff like that. Like you need to show some potential, but if you're not a truly elite route runner, I, I'm not going to kill a guy over that because we've seen so many guys in that mold who have dominated in the NFL. But I would definitely say um, acceleration off the line of scrimmage is, you know, prevalent. Um, just being able to, you know, either out physical or, you know, just run by the corner, whether, you know, you're running routes or you're just, you know, going for a vertical shot, something like that. That's super important. The ability to high point and track the football when it's in the air is so important because, you know, we see, we see these highlights all the time of these like cornerbacks who struggle to, you know, track the ball in the air. And if you have a receiver, like tracking a ball in the air is hard. It's like baseball. Alex, I know you're a big baseball guy. Like people don't realize, you know, how hard it is to catch a fly ball. Like, it is ridiculously hard trying to track that, especially in the sun and stuff. So imagine football when you're playing 100 miles per hour and all that. So just having, you know, the mental awareness, being able to, you know, be able to combine, you know, it, it takes a lot of a hand-eye coordination, you know, using your eyes and your body and then extending to go get the ball, which leads me into my last one, which is, you know, body contortion and I'm going to say my player before I go into the body contortion part. It's CeeDee Lamb of the Dallas Cowboys. Me being a New York Giants fan, I'm not exactly fond of the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. CeeDee Lamb, I mean, I, th- I honestly think he's going to explode this year. And I know they have, you know, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, but I look at CeeDee Lamb. I see a guy who, I mean, you would have thought his abdomen is, like, made out of, like, elastic or something like some of the catches he's able to pull down contorting his body twisting it being able to catch wayward passes he did that so much for Andy Dalton last year and he's improved as a route runner he has an insane vertical he get up catch the football um he's he's just he's just a superstar he's a true superstar in the making I, I honestly regret not having him my wide receiver one that year. And I love Jerry Judy. I was a Judy guy. Judy wide receiver one. But, you know, CeeDee Lamb is truly what I look for and a dominant ex-wide receiver. And, yeah. Yeah, I tend to agree with for the most part here. I mean, I, I was a huge CeeDee Lamb guy coming out. Yeah, he was my wide receiver one. little flex right there. But for point of reference, I think I had him four overall and then had Jerry Judy five overall. So I, I can't talk too much trash. They're back to back. But fantastic player, and he definitely feats, features my criterias. I do, I think, care about route running a bit more than you. Uh, with that said, I kind of agree that you don't have to have a full route. I'm not looking for someone who can run every route in the game. I just want you to run three routes extremely well. I want you to come in being able to dominate in a certain area 
and then we can scheme you into situations where you're going to be able to make the most of that. I, I think that's how I view it. The thing I care the most about for a wide receiver is their release package. I, you need to be able to beat press, and that's where you see most wide receivers that do struggle to fail to meet the hype. It's either separation or it's going to be inability to get off press. Uh, for me, separation is great. I think that the most valuable separation is a separation you're getting within the first five steps. And to me, that's going to come down to your release package. So that's probably the biggest thing for me right now. This is a fast game, and you want the ball out of hands in at, at minimum three seconds, probably two and a half or less. So it's huge to win early for me. And then the last thing I really care about is going to be your catch radius, kind of like what you were saying, body contortion. I think you have to be able to adjust the passes that are going to be off target because it's just going to happen. It's going to happen, and you can't be missing every single one of those or else you're a Nelson Aguilar when he came out. Good year last year, but if, if you're not going to be able to adjust, everything has to be perfect, and it's just not that often in the NFL. There's too many variables. For me, a guy who does all of these things really well is Rashad Bateman, who to me is a little bit similar to CeeDee Lamb, maybe a little bit more toned down, but he just, more than anyone else, he is a guy who dominates those first five steps for me just every single time. Good route runner, good catch radius, sneaky athlete, good yards after contact, but really is just ball snapped and he's open. And that's what I value a ton at that particular position. But moving on, try to go a little bit quicker here. Uh, tight end. I think... This is one of the positions that for me might be the hardest to scout just because there are so many variables going on. It's kind of like linebacker where it's tough to tell exactly what the offense is asking the player to do every time. But for me, the first thing I value at tight end is just route running. You have to be, since you're mostly going to be the safety valve, you have to be where the quarterback expects you to run the correct route and getting open at the exact right time. I think that's going to be a huge aspect there. Next thing I care about is run blocking. Pass blocking is great. I think if you're a good enough tight end, you're not going to be pass blocking too much because they're going to want you out there catching passes. So I don't care as much about that. But what you're seeing, especially with teams that are running outside zone, or any, any form of running really, you need to have a good, good run blocking tight end in there. And you're going to lose value if you have to come off field in those situations. So that's incredibly important to me. And then just football IQ. You have to be doing all the little nuanced things. I care more about that than if you can run a 4-4-40 and get you know, some vertical routes in there. I just need someone who's doing all the little things because you have to be chipping at the right time. You have to be able to pick up blitzers. You have to be finding soft spots and zones. All those little things, hugely incredible at this position, which is one of the reasons why it's such a hard position to play as a rookie. Uh, for me, a guy who was actually a rookie last year, who I was very impressed with, and probably one of the guys on the highest on creative consensus this year, Adam Troutman on New Orleans. I was incredibly impressed with his run blocking last year. I think he's a good route runner. I think he knows how to get open. And he's just smarter than I expected, honestly, especially coming from a smaller school. I, I, I was just kind of blown away by how he looked, and I'm expecting a pretty big jump from him this year. What do you value in a tight end? No, yeah, definitely. You know, I'm a big Troutman guy, and unfortunately we're recording this on the night of the Jaguars and Saints preseason game. I believe Troutman got hurt, to be honest. Did he? Nah, no, yeah, he did. I think he got carted off. I'm not even kidding. 
Yeah, That's which I mean would suck. And I also want to say this to our listeners quick. You know, we're trying to go like in depth in trades so we like. So for wide receiver and tight end, I, I'm sure Alex agrees with me. We're not gonna say, well, we value catching because that feels like so obvious. That would be like if we were talking about like an offensive tackle, which we're gonna get to next, where like, yeah, they have to be able to protect their quarterback. Like it's just so obvious to the position. We're just trying to, you know, get a little more nuance, find more well. stuff like that. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. But um, in terms of a tight end, I mean, you kind of just hammered most of it down for me, man. Um, so, uh, so run blocking, run blocking, obviously up there for me. You have to, you have to be able to be that extra lineman in the running game for your team. You know, it depends on what type of tight end you are, which is something we've seen. We've seen guys like Kyle Pitts, obviously, and then guys like. Noah Fant and Evan Ingram and guys like that who aren't the best blockers, but they provide so much value in the passing game. But still, for an all-around tight end, which is what I'm discussing right now, you you got to be competent, at least. In the, you can't be getting, you know, walloped. Also tie in another thing, blocking technique. Uh, just going into a prospect that I scouted this year, Alex, I'm not sure if you've got to his film yet, uh, Jalen Weidermeyer, Texas A&M. Huge guy, super athletic. Pretty effective when he does block, but it's the technique is just off. You know, his shoulders are slanted. He dips his head. I mean, he looks like he's going to get hurt at any point now. And you just want somebody who's a little more stout, who plays, you know, with a little more leverage and provides a little more consistency. And the last thing I will say um, you brought up route running. Obviously, that's insanely important. I 100% agree with you. Something I really appreciate is red zone ability plus how lethal a tight end is up the seat. Because I feel like a tight end running seam routes, you know, that is where in the passing game, primarily you're going to find the most value with them because if they're running straight up the seam, they're probably going to get the most yardage. Guys like Evan Ingram, like, that's what he was drafted for. And Noah Fan and guys like that, guys in the college game right now, like Oklahoma's Austin Stogner and Nevada's Cole Turner, they excel at stuff like that. But if I'm looking at all those traits and whatnot, and I'm picking one guy, I'm going with former Charger, current New England Patriot, Hunter Henry. I love Hunter Henry's game. Like, I think he, with a fully healthy year, could be one of the best tight ends in the league. I still believe that. You know, injury bug has basically bitten him every year. But I feel that me and Alex both describe what is an all-around tight end. Someone with very little weaknesses, someone that is reliable when he is on the field, and someone that provides value not only as a pass catcher but as a blocker as well. And I feel that Hunter Henry is that to a T. Athletic player... Very stout, you know, high football IQ, knows his assignments. And just kind of not the sexiest player in the world. I don't think anybody would say Hunter Henry is like a superstar, but he'll he'll be able to help you win football games. But, you know, moving on from the sixth offensive lineman to... Just wanted to add in one more thing real quick. Going off yeah. of the run blocking is uh, just that, when you're a competent run blocker, I think it opens up quite a bit in the passing game, as you see with people like George Kittle, who 
dominant run blocker, you start getting in motion, fake a run block, you come off and leak off of it. That's when you see a lot of those routes where George Kittle is just no one around him for 10 feet. And you start to, you know, get that yard after contact. That's another reason I think run blocking is so huge. If they respect you as a run blocker, they're going to have to go kind of north to south pretty quick. And that can, a smart offensive coordinator can really utilize that. Just wanted to kind of toss that in there. Really. No, 100%, man. 100%. All right. So leading into offensive tackle, we're going to start off with Zach. What are you looking for in offensive tackle? One of the uh, most important positions on the football field, I think most people think. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, I personally think it's the second. I'm sure most would. Left tackle, right tackle, doesn't matter. I mean, if you're – if you're – Regardless of if you draft a quarterback, you sign one, stop gap one year, he's the most important player on the field for you. And you have to go to wit's end to make sure you are protecting that person. Because we can talk about all the good defenses that have won Super Bowls. Quarterback is the most likely way. Good quarterback play will lead you to success in the NFL. Uh, in terms of offensive tackle, number one, I'll start off with my number one thing that I look at, footwork. If this, du- if this dude or whoever I'm watching, watching his feet, and it's like he's playing on ice, I'm, I'm going to be turned off. You, it ties back into the tight end position, what I said about the run blocking. And it's a word I'm probably going to use a couple more times when discussing, you know, like these interior offensive linemen tackles and defensive linemen you got to be stout you got to be composed and i'm not saying you know don't be athletic don't be like a statue out there but these offensive tackles they they the technique and the upper half but especially the lower half needs to be on par my second one i would probably say is upper half technique and that's like hand placement um your guy or the offensive tackle you got to have your hands underneath the shoulder pads you cannot surrender any leverage proper stance you know get in that athletic stance get your hands underneath the shoulder pads and be able to you know take brunt just sit back and be able to take some of the strongest pass rushers out there And then I would probably say for my third trait, it's pretty tough because it feels so basic to say, but it's pass blocking. I feel like it has to be pass blocking. Just the ability to counter pass rush moves, go up against some of the toughest edges in the world, and toughest edges in the world. Toughest edge rushers in the NFL, and... um, you know, just counter what they have to say. I know I repeated myself, but, you know, some of the best pass rushers in the world, they have an arsenal of moves. And they'll be able to use it. They'll go to wit's end to try and beat the tackle. And you need to be nuanced. You have to be a technician. And you just cannot, you know, have these, like, you know, technical miscues. And one guy who's not a star in the NFL... Or I, I would say he's like a fringe in my opinion, just because he's so underrated, so good, is Lions left tackle Taylor Decker. You know, he's a guy who's been in the league for over five years now, and even going back to his rookie year, he's really starting to get recognition now. 
but he's just always been like the epitome of reliable. I don't th- I want to say he's only missed like one or two games, but even beyond that, just his pass protection, he's an underrated athlete. He's able to get to the second level with these and he ju- he just doesn't he doesn't he's never been the cause of when Matt Stafford was with the Lions of the miscues that happened there. So I look at Taylor Decker as someone who, like Hunter Henry, not the sexiest guy in the world, but 32 out of 32 NFL teams want a guy like that on your football team, just based on how reliable he is. Yeah, I can confirm the Seattle Seahawks would uh, like Taylor Decker. (laughs) <laughs> on their team You right got Dwayne now. Brown, bro. Dwayne Brown's good. We got good. Dwayne Brown. We played Taylor Decker at right tackle. Calm yeah. down. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think I agree with pretty much everything you said there. I have s- kind of a strong opinion on building an offensive line, and uh, it might be a little different than most. I think one of the first things I look for is balance. I think balance is going to be huge for an offensive tackle particularly. You can't be driven back by power and you can't stumble if someone is trying to get around your edge really quickly. You have to be able to handle both speed rushers and power rushers at this level. So I think that is an absolutely huge thing in an offensive tackle. And that tends to fall into footwork a little bit, but it's also going to matter quite a bit about just athleticism and how a person's put together. I think you're going to have to have a pretty linear build if you want to have a solid balance bend. I think is absolutely massive at the tackle position. If you don't have that flexibility, there's just going to be certain matchups that you just can't win in the NFL. There are going to be certain players that are just going to have the leverage and athleticism to just get around you. And there's not much you can do about it. And especially if you're playing on the blind side, you just can't let that happen the next level. And the last thing I truly care about is I do want to see link. Uh, I, I think you can maybe get away with having shorter arms. And there are people that do if you are just super quick off the snap every single time. But it is so hard to find those players and have that translate and have that translate quarterback to quarterback and all of that. I think you're much safer finding someone who meets at least a 33-inch threshold. And then two things that aren't quite in my top three but that I do value quite a bit are versatility because I'm huge on just offensive line play. Get the best five out there. I would rather have five exactly leave average players on the line than have three elite players and two garbage players. Because if you've got one link link, that quarterback's getting hit. And uh, so I value versatility quite a bit. And I honestly, I tend to like somewhat shorter players. As long as they've got the arm length, I like shorter players with some length because that's going to allow your quarterback to see over them. And a lot of people think that doesn't make a difference, but it certainly does if you're trying to pass over the middle of the field. So I think I like that quite a bit. And one player who I was incredibly infatuated with last year, I was one of the people that had him as offensive tackle one is Rashawn Slater. I, I think he just has that combination of long enough to make it work. He can play all across the line pretty much. Super athletic, great bend, great power, great technique. And also just a little bit shorter, which I happen to like, uh, especially kind of we're seeing a lot of that with the Patriots right now have one of the best lines i i just was super infatuated with him man i see i know i know it was an unpopular opinion i know and penny sewell's great don't get me wrong you gotta get that oregon hate out of your heart man 
Again, Nothing you're a against Washington tennis. guy. You got to get that Justin Herbert simmer down, simmer down. I will say this: Panay Sewell, man, that Detroit offensive line is going to be a fantastic case study on just how much an offensive line impacts team because they have one of the best lines I've seen and one of the worst rests of the games I've seen. And they've got a coach who does well with good offensive lines. So that's going to be really fun. And kind of leads us into our next one. We've been going kind of serpentine with this, but I'm actually going to let you take the first step on uh, interior offensive line because I can see who you picked there. And I'm going to give you a little bit of shit for it, but uh, I'm kind of curious to hear what you're going to say because uh, it kind of goes into that Detroit line a little bit. Yeah, I mean, definitely. So for interior offensive linemen, number one, it's tenacity, which I mean, sounds kind of basic, but you don't, you don't want a softy out there. You want a guy who's trying to put defenders into the dirt. You want to make them... You just want to hurt them. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a guy who's nasty. I'm looking for a guy who's not afraid to, you know, be able, excuse me, to push, you know, the defensive lineman back, defensive tackle. Um, Ability to get to the second level, number two. That goes into, like, the short area quickness, kind of like athleticism aspect. That might not be the best way to say it, but that's where – I look heavily at these 10-yard splits for offensive linemen. Uh, me as a scout, I do use athletic testing a lot, especially for offensive linemen in general. 10-yard splits are crucial to my final grades for some players because if you don't have that initial explosiveness, that ability to, ability to get to the second level, you're going you're gonna to miss assignments, you're going to whiff, your running back or your wide receiver is going to get walloped, and it's just not going to be good. And then another kind of cop-out answer, it's the same thing as offensive tackle, but the ability, like the hand usage and the leverage, like the stout, the stout, 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 just being able to sit back, being able to pass protect, being an all-around player, because there's a common misconception, especially people who first start getting into scouting, who believe well the main priority for offensive tackles is the pass block and then you run block up the middle i want guys that are balanced who can do everything and going back you're a wonderful segue alex into another detroit lions offense or offensive lineman is center frank ragnow and i don't know why you would give me shit about that frank ragnow is really good but i mean Star, I, I think he's a star to be honest. So maybe it is a bit of a cop out. I think he's that. the best. I'll give you I that. think he's the best center in the NFL right now. I, I honestly do. Probably, I would have to. I might be forgetting someone. It's probably still not Kelsey. I I, I would agree with that. But anyway, um, it's debatable. Anyway, but um, <clears throat> sorry, getting paid like it too. Yeah, but but um. Yes. Ragnow, he's an all-around guy. He was a guy that I remember when he was coming out of Arkansas. Just a super solid prospect. Probably one of the safest guys in this class. He's just plays every snap like his life depends on it. He's a leader of that football team. You know, an unsung hero. He's able to 
you know, not allow pressure up the middle from even some of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. And I look at a guy like Frank Ragnow, and he he really is the epitome of a star football player. He's the guy who's able to, you know, carry a team, carry an offensive line, and just fill a variety of many roles for a position that there's really only one. You're the center, you snap the ball, and you also protect. But Frank Ragnow, he's a full-blown stud. Yeah, yeah, there's no disrespect on picking Frank Ragnow as a player you'd want on your team. It's just as to whether or not he's a star, because I think he is a bona fide star. But with that being said, my interior offensive line choices, number one for me is anchor. I think you have to have the anchor if you're going to play in the middle because you cannot be blown back into the quarterback. That is going to affect every single other aspect of that quarterback play. It's going to affect the quarterback's timing. It's going to affect their ability to get through reads. It's literally going to affect their ability to see over the defender when they start to close that gap a little bit. It's tougher to see over. And it's also going to make it easier when they can't step up in the pocket. You know that whoever's coming off the edge, their eyes are lighting up and they're smelling blood in the water. So for me, anchor, incredibly important up the middle of the line. The next thing I care about quite a bit, balance. You have to, again, you can't fall over. You can't be letting someone get get through up the middle. It's just there's no quarterback in the NFL that can handle that well. And uh, so balance can be huge. It's also going to matter a ton if someone's pulling. I think even more than speed, you'll see a lot of these guys that test really well in the runs and, you know, the 40-yard dash, which doesn't matter at all to me for an offensive lineman. But when they start to get out in motion, start to hit that second level, their momentum goes against them, and they are kind of falling left and right, not landing blocks. Balance is more important than anything else in that regard to me. And then the last thing I really care about is I want to see explosiveness. I want to see that pop in the hands, coming from the lower body, and able to drive someone back. Because when you see that happen up front, especially if it's the center coming on and getting their hands just popping whoever the guard's going against, it doesn't matter if it's a pass. That's more the quarterback sitting, okay, I've got three and a half seconds here. I'm be able to look downfield, make a play, and I know where my check down is, and we're just going to take a shot here. Or if it's a running game, okay, there's a huge hole, and I am not slowing down. I'm able to hit that quickly. I'm up to full speed already. I'm going to make life hell on whoever's going to try to tackle me. Those are the three things I really like to look for. I had Chris Lindstrom written down here. I'm switching it. I'm going Ben Cleveland. Ben Cleveland for me is a guy who really personifies all those things. He is amazingly balanced and fast for a guy his his size. Really like 365 or something like that. He's a mammoth human. And he definitely has the anchor. He definitely has the anchor. And he definitely has the explosiveness. And like you're saying, I think everyone likes to see that mean streak in a player who's coming up the middle on either side of the ball. And he definitely has that too especially if you're a squirrel. So uh, he's someone I love watching play. I'm really excited to see just on the Ravens. I think he really personifies that team as a player. So switching it, switching it to Ben Cleveland. That's my guy. I respect him, man. You know, Ben Cleveland, massive guy, athleticism, strength, everything you look for in interior offensive line. And I think it's going to be a stud in Baltimore. But I agree. Um, yeah, moving on now, we're actually going to flip sides going from offense to defense officially. 
We're going to start off with those edge rushers. So, Alex, what are you looking for in these guys that whose primary job is to basically shut down plays and sack the quarterback? So it depends. I, I kind of have mixed opinions on this because in my heart, I'm a, I'm a 3-4 guy. So I like to have those kind of bigger odd front edge edges, and I like to have those screaming outside linebackers just pinning their ears back coming off the edge. So a little bit of different taste here makes it a little hard to narrow it down because I prefer different skill sets for each position. But I think one thing that's going to matter a ton on both is you have to have functional athleticism. I don't care if you're a 3-4 defensive end who's going to be setting edges and anything like that. It doesn't matter. You also have to have the ability to pin your ears by get after the bouncer. That's where everybody's bread is butter. And you're not going to do that. Even you see some of the guys with the best technique, best length, it doesn't matter as much as the freak athletes, uh, the edge position. It just doesn't seem to. And you get some of those edge to edge athletes that are just freak athletes that bust but pretty much all the great ones are phenomenal athletes. So that's, that's what it is for me. I like to stack up those guys. Uh, versatility, I think, is true to both of those quite a bit. If you're a 3-4 edge, I want to see you be able to slip into the middle and maybe we'll run an even front and you can rush up the middle on third down and long. Or if you're a 3-4 you know, outside linebacker, I want to see you be able to maybe put your hand in the dirt and come up on the edge or at least be able to drop back in coverage if needed. Uh, those are something I really look for in both those as well. And the last thing I think that you really need is uh, the ability to have a good counter. I think that it doesn't matter how good your first move is. You could have the best first move, whatever it is, in the entire NFL. And these offensive tackles are going to study it up. They're going to be expecting it. They're going to be looking for it. And if that's all you've got, they're going to be able to stop. And we see that quite a bit with some of these edges who are just so much more athletic than the tackles are going up against their whole lives, that they don't really need to develop that solid counter. But in the NFL, you have to be in a split second. Okay. He handled that. So I'm immediately going to this coming through with plan and the ability to execute it. So those are the three things that I think really transcend both edge positions that I, I really like and value. Uh, so I kind of went with two guys here for that cheating a little bit, but for my three, four base end, Marcus Davenport is a guy that I've always been just really high on compared to consensus. I think he's going to be a stud this year. I, I think that he offers the ability to hold up in the run game. I think he also is one of the best at getting after the passer. I think he didn't really show up last year in the stats, and he was playing hurt for sure, but that dude gets pressure. He gets pressure consistently, and eventually it's going to translate to getting sacks on the quarterback, and at a bare minimum, it gets quarterbacks to get the ball out quickly. And he can play from a kind of versatile standpoint. So he's a guy that I really like and looking forward to seeing this year. And then kind of in the true outside linebacker mold, Tyus Bowser is a guy I'm really excited to see step up into a starting role this year. I think that he has that freakish athleticism and we've kind of always known that, but it was super raw coming out. And he's still a little raw as a pass rusher, but he's improved in that regard. But he makes up for that where he can definitely pin his ears back and get after the passer. And if you can scheme him into a rush, He'll take full advantage of it. But he's also a sneakily phenomenal player in pass coverage. So I'm a big fan of his as well. Uh, it's kind of, this is the most interesting position to see what you value, I think. So I'm pretty excited to see what you value in an edge defender. 
Yeah, I mean, first I'll say you and me are on polar opposites because I, I, I'm definitely more of a 4-3 guy. Or not a 4-3, but I definitely prefer just the classic. Hate to see it. Four, nah, I mean, it's the right way, bro. <laughs> but anyway, um, nah, I mean, edge rushers, probably, you know, one of my favorite positions to scout. I'm looking at edge rushers and the get-off is number one. The explosiveness off the line of scrimmage. The you need to immediately win the battle against the offensive lineman. You need to, you know, get that first step, counter him, use your pass rush moves. You have to have a good repertoire. This is number two. You gotta have a good pass rush repertoire. You have to be able to have at least a solid amount of moves. And don't get me wrong, there's guys who are going to be high up on my rankings that, you know, they're not Von Miller-esque technicians yet, but those are the freaky athletes. If I'm looking for a guy who, who's not a freaky athlete, who's not like an elite specimen of that level, and they don't have a good pass rush repertoire, that immediately caps their ceiling, in my opinion. You need to be able to win your battles in different ways. And then last... Definitely not least is length. Kind of ties back into my first thing. I'm not going to bring up the leverage thing, anything like that. Again, got too repetitive with that. But in terms of length, you need to meet certain thresholds. Um, we see some of these guys who, just for example, you know who I'm talking about, Alex. Like these 6'2", 260-pound guys with like 31.5-inch arms who get like 10 sacks in college, and then they get to the NFL and they just get killed by, you know, offensive linemen with more length. Length is massively important. You need to be able to, you know, use your arms, you know, sideswipe, be slippery, have, make sure your arms are your best friend. And then, yeah, um, I thought I had one more. I was going to say one more. But, I, you know what, I will say one more. I'll say the ability to bend around the, bend around the corner. Um, dipping your shoulder, nothing's more frustrating than watching a smaller edge rusher play like he's like 270 pounds. You're just not maximizing. It's not even your skill set, like your body composition the best way possible for yourself to be successful as either a 4-3 defensive end or a 34 outside linebacker. But I'm going to bring up one guy, and I feel like he kind of fits. Alex, you gave one outside linebacker and one defensive end. I have a guy who's, I think, best fit as a defensive end. He's going to play outside linebacker. Miami Dolphins rookie Jalen Phillips. He was my edge one from this past draft cycle. I thought he was a stud former yeah, former, I believe he was a former, like, number one overall recruit. Yep. I'm pretty sure he was. You know, he had some concussion issues, but you watch him for Miami, and, you know, like, he was dominant for them. And they had a lot of talented edge rushers on that team. They had guys like Quincy Roche, et cetera, guys like that who just were able to continuously get after the quarterback. And Phillips has just – Insane athleticism, really impressive length. The agility is beyond, you know, astounding as well. He's what you look for in a bona fide number one pass rusher on your defense. 
he fits all that criteria, man. I really think he's going to be a superstar. Yeah, I'm with you. If he can stay on the field, he has all the traits, and it seems like he has the mental ability as well. I, I'm a, I was a big fan of his, and I like that. Yeah. And yeah. I think he's, it's fair to say he's not yet a star, but uh, yeah. I, I do like him more as a uh, outside linebacker, though, so we can continue to beef there. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> anyways, but, uh, moving on to interior defensive line. Let's no, read yeah. off. What do you value in the interior? Because I'm going to have some strong opinions here. Uh, me too. And looking at the players we have, it looks like two incredibly different styles of player, which, I mean, should lead for good discussion. Um, interior defensive lineman, pass rush ability. Run, run defense, it feels so obvious to say. Because you look at defensive tackles and the cliche obvious thing to think is, oh, he's there to stuff the run. He's that first stop. You know, the linebacker's not even supposed to mean that's a defensive tackle's job. I need guys who have that swim move, who have that bull rush ability to throw a center or either a left or right guard on their asses and just pressure the quarterback. Length is pretty important for interior defensive linemen for me as well. I wouldn't say it's as important as edge rushers because you, the longer your arms are, I feel like, especially with smaller interior defensive linemen, it could kind of like destabilize the leverage advantage you may have. Um, but I definitely believe that, you know, having adequate length bodes well. And my last one, they don't really tie into each other, but it was really hard deciding between the two. I'm going to go with, you know, just, you know, like slipperiness, which sounds really silly, but just the ability to, you know, because it's because. To, to make a long story short, it's a mess there in that center. You know, a bunch of bodies crashing into each other. If you have the football IQ and mental aptitude to be able to, you know, fit through the gaps, even when they narrow up as an interior defensive lineman and get into the backfield, that is massive. And the other thing I was going to tie into it is just having heavy hands. You have to have strong hands. And I know I just brought up being slippery and stuff, so they kinda they're kind of opposites, but they both work in the same way because all in all, the one thing I value, which is what all these traits go for, is a guy who could penetrate the backfield. And one guy who was a former top prospect in the draft, who I'm waiting for that breakout man is Buffalo Bills defensive tackle, Ed Oliver. You know, he's had his issues in run defense, but the pass rushing is still there. You know, it was him and Quinn and Williams. I definitely think Quinn and Williams has the advantage of him. And when I said both of them, I mean in that draft class for top defensive tackle. So I do think Williams has the edge now just based on his all-around game, but I'm still super high on Ed Oliver. Just an undersized, hybrid of a human being in terms of athleticism, you know, hand usage, heavy hands, strong, high work ethic. He's what I'm looking for. So he and Oliver, I'm waiting for the breakout, man. 
Sorry, I was just I was thinking about something to say, but I'm super excited to hear what you gotta say because your guy is like, it's like freaking frack, completely different guys. Yeah, we see this differently, and I think if you'd have asked me a couple years ago, I might have been more similar to you. I was all about guys who can just slip and get penetration, and I think as we've seen the types of quarterbacks in the NFL switch from the true kind of pocket passers more into more athletic, dynamic players that can make guys miss and work well in space, throw off platform, I started to value that a little bit less and started to significantly more value guys that can dent the pocket and just force defenders back and just throw off the timing, throw off the rhythm, throw off the ability to step forward or to slip one tackle and then get out into space and pick up yards with their legs. I I like to see that guy sticking on his defender, pushing him back and making him move laterally to where he can run in and you can let either someone, someone you're scheming pass rush wise in there or letting that edge just clean it up. Uh, I started to value that significantly more. So uh, that definitely played a big factor in my guy. Uh, Going into that, the most important thing for me is get off. I think if you're playing up the middle, you have to be the first to contact because there's two and a half seconds and you have to be driving your guy back. And that's not going to happen if you're not the first to get hands on the other player. So I think that you want someone who is getting off the snap incredibly quickly. And there's no excuses not to do that when you're lined up right over the person snapping the ball. So that's one of the biggest things for me, uh, playing up the middle on the defensive side. The next thing is going to be anchor. I think you can't be driven backwards because if you are, that's going to create huge windows that current day NFL quarterbacks, I mean, we both pick guys that can do it, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. If they see a guy get driven back up the middle, they're just going to be look at that and they're going to know, hey, if I step up just a little bit, if nothing's available immediately, I've got five plus yards right there and I'm going to take it. So I think that's incredibly important. And then the last thing I value a ton, punch power. I want to see someone who can drive that guy back. If you've got one of these outside zone guards lined up over you or an outside zone center, you just put them on their ass and then you're right in front of the quarterback. You're throwing off everything, creating chaos up front. That's what I want to see is no clean pockets for the quarterback. And I want to see him have to make something special happen. And uh, a guy I think does a great job of doing that is Dalvin Tomlinson, who I think is just one of the best pocket denters in the game. And I think what you tend to see when he's up the middle on a team, he's getting a lot of those pressures that don't show up in the stat sheet for him, but show up for other players. He's creating chaos that other people are cleaning up. And that's what I want, because unless you get one of those true unicorn players where you can never fully expect it, like an Aaron Donald, you're not going to have your up-the-middle guy leading the team in sacks. And if you have a guy that's just running up kind of like a Neville Gallimore that's just slipping tackle and going for it all the time, it's going to create a lot of holes in the run game, and it's going to create a lot of situations where they miss, and suddenly the quarterback has a whole lot more options in front of them than they did before. So for me, that's why I really like a guy like Dalvin Tomlinson. Ah, I agree with you, man. Listen, there is three certainties in life. There's death taxes and the giants not paying talented defensive tackles <laughs> uh, you know Linval joseph jonathan hankins and now dalvin tomlinson i am petrified when dexter lawrence's contract is coming up but uh we'll cross that bridge when we get to that but they but just let him shift up, to edge <laughs> then they think i mean i mean 
He's been awesome. He's been, I mean, I, I would pay to Star. see that. I would, I would pay to see that. But <laughs> moving on, we're going to uh, the inside linebackers. You know, the Mikes, the Sams, the Wills, guys like that on the inside. So, Alex, Mr. Juicy, what you looking for on these linebackers? I think this is the one answer where I'm I'm really cheating on my guy here. So I did bring a backup to it, but uh, I, I've been Howard. <laughs> I've been really blessed. I mean, I got to watch guys like Lofitz Tupu and Julian Peterson go straight into Bobby Wagner, and uh, maybe a guy that you chose who I thought about. I'm not gonna lie, uh, which I like, but uh, I, I've been really really lucky with how I got to watch the position, and I think that this position has honestly become more and more valuable if you have one of those top up echelon guys. So I'm just going out and trying to find guys that might become that right now. And what I think those players need to have is first things first, this has been throughout history. It's been true. If you've got a guy at the middle, especially at Mike, you need them to be a quick processor. They can't the field. They have to be able to see it and handle it immediately. If they're thinking Smart offensive coordinators are going to target the hell out of them in both the run game and the passing game. They're going to use motion, and they are just going to put them in horrible situations. And they're not going to be able to do it because they're going to be catching up instead of being proactive. So obviously processing up the middle at linebacker, I think that's the most important thing. The next thing I care about quite a bit is agility. Maybe not straight line speed because, let's be honest, these running backs and these wide receivers, even some of these tight ends right now, they're going to have the ability to juke you out if you're just coming through like a tomahawk straight line. And we saw a lot of players last year who were exciting in linebacker prospects come in and make a bunch of flash plays and miss a bunch of tackles. And you just can't be doing that at this level. Uh, it's just going to create too many broken plays that lead to massive gains. And I, I don't care as much about a 40 times straight line speed as I do the ability to hang with people as they make their moves and then close it up, work the angle. Uh, so it's definitely going to be agility for me. And then the thing I think that's maybe the most important right now for good up middle player is going to be pass coverage. I think that's become huge because when you're looking at what smart offensive coordinators are doing right now, the McVeighs, the guys that everyone is going to agree are the smartest guys in the game is they are picking out weak leaks at linebacker and they are putting tight ends, running backs, whatever they can, scheming them directly at them, putting them in conflict, and targeting the hell out of them. And there are very few players that really hold up in that right now, especially just coming out. And uh, so I think that is massive right now. And you're starting to see the players that can handle it, like your Bobby Wagners, like your Fred Warners. They are getting paid some money. So I think that is huge for me. And the guy for me that I think probably is a star. He doesn't necessarily have that buzz around him, but Roquan Smith is really that guy. That being said, he's put up some stats. He's had a good first three years. Second year wasn't quite as good. He was a top 10 pick. So maybe he is a star. If he is, I'll say Jayon Brown. Jayon Brown's kind of the discount version of Roquan Smith, but to me, Roquan Smith is, he's probably second favorite non-quarterback to watch play in the game right now. And uh, I was a huge fan. But I'm, uh, I'm curious to hear what you're going to say here. To be honest with you, man, you nailed two of them. Uh, we're going a little long on time, so I'll just say 100% agree with you on pass coverage. If your value is immediately plummeting if you are a zero on pass coverage, the ability to backpedal into coverage, 
be able to do it smoothly, either man or zone, is super important. Instincts, obviously, you need to know what you're doing. I love that point that you said about, you know, offense coordinators seeing like a mic hesitating or something like that. That's a weak point before the play even starts. You'll be able to call that out, and you'll be able to take advantage of that. The what the third thing I will change, though, and I'm not saying that your point was bad, but I just want to do something a little different. Efficient mine is efficiency in tackling angles. So not only is it sideline to sideline speed am I looking for, which it, which I am, but the ability to take efficient, effective angles. You know, getting from point A to point B as quickly as smoothly and as effectively as possible to limit the yardage that a ball carrier or a wide receiver may have. One guy who I feel like does an immaculate job like that, probably one of the more underrated players of our, of, you know, that I've been watching over the last few years is KJ Wright from your Seattle Seahawks. Now we talk about these great Seattle defenses, you know, Bobby Wagner, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, all these guys like that. KJ Wright's been a mainstay for them for how long has he been on the team? Like eight years or so? Or I know he's a free agent now, but how long was his tenure? He, I think he predated the Legion of Boom. So he's been there for exactly. a while. So he, yeah. he's basically been a lifer. And you know what? He gets a ton of respect. Not as much as he should because not only is he excellent in run defense, not only does he have the athleticism that he could be moved all around the field, he has the football IQ and he has the innate ability to drop into coverage, make plays on the ball. It, I'm actually stunned this guy is still a free agent. I have been itching for Dave Gettleman. Get on the horn. I don't know who his agent is. Get him on the phone. Bring him into New York. Play him next to Blake Martinez. I would feel so much better about this defense. KJ Wright, all around solid player. One of the most underrated players in the NFL. 100% agree. 100% agree. And he's currently in Seattle and expected to sign. I'm not sure why it hasn't happened sooner, but it is what it is. But I, I think not a top 10 linebacker in the league, but he played last year right at that level. Last year, I think, was the yeah. best year of his entire career. So mind boggling, he's still out there not getting paid more. But uh, all right. So in the effort of speeding up, we'll kind of go straight into cornerback. I'm going to let you lead this one off. And uh, I know your answer. It was the guy I wanted to pick, but I thought was maybe a little bit too big of a deal. So a little uh, little foreshadowing there for uh, me giving Zach some shit. But uh, I think he's going to agree with me quite a bit here. So uh, let's let's hear it. No, yeah, definitely. Um, well, I'm looking at the cornerbacks. I might as well put my Captain Obvious hat on. Coverage ability. Um, I do like versatility in coverages if I had to be more specific. Like, I will not knock a guy, or I will knock him as much if he's strictly a presser or if he, you know, excels only in off man or whatever. But versatility, being able to play in multiple alignments, that's something that's huge for me. Physicality, even, you know, with smaller cornerbacks, you know, the thing in the league now is these big, tall cornerbacks, like the top two guys in this class, uh, Derek Stingley Jr. and Andrew Booth Jr. from LSU and Clemson, respectively. You know, they're over six feet tall. They're going to have over 32-inch arms. But regardless of your size, I want you to be physical. I want you to fight through contact. I don't want you to be grabby, which ties into my last point. You know, play a clean game. And that sounds super basic. 
but I'm sure you agree with me on this. And you know what? Alex says he's going to rip on me, but I'm going to be the nice guy. I'm the good cop on the podcast. I'm going to give him some credit. He brought up watching Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati, and he was like, I think this guy could lead the league in penalties, holding penalties as a rookie. I was like, oh, wow, that sounds harsh. Put the tape on. Listen, Sauce Gardner is a good prospect. He's going to go very, very high in the draft. He needs to clean up because guys who grab jerseys like that constantly – Hanging on for dear life. Like, that that's not going to fly with these bigger, faster, more athletic guys in the NFL. So just playing a clean game and a guy who I feel like does a good job at it, especially for his size, is former number four overall pick in the 2018 NFL draft, Denzel Ward, quote-unquote star, according to Alex. I, w- I would say Denzel Ward's a star, though. I would say he is a star, but I don't think he's, like, a household name. He's not a yeah in my heart too. He's not a household name, but you know, s- small. But the explosiveness is berserk. Uh, his ability to play different alignments. I just want a full sixteen game season from him. To be honest, I really do. I was probably in that very small percentage when that pick happened for Cleveland, and everyone was like, "Why would they take him, Bradley Chubb?" Blah 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 blah. But seriously, like Denzel Ward, all-around solid guy, plays physical, plays much bigger than his size, and excels at it. Yeah, yeah, Denzel Ward, he, outside of the top two guys, he might be my favorite cornerback to watch in the NFL right now. Or I guess the top three guys, I should say. I got from Marlon Humphrey in there too, but uh, I, I love watching Denzel Ward. I can't, I can't knock you too much. I see you because... I probably think he's more of a star than he actually is in real life just because I view him such that way. And I think health has been a big issue there. So that's that's fair. That's fair. And just want to toss out Sauce Gardner. I love you, man. I think you're going to be a good player. I just don't want to count on you year one because I do think that when you have to switch the rules, the NFL rules for uh, penalties, it's, it's going to be a little rough unless there's a big change. So we'll see. We'll see. Good player, though. Good player. But uh, for me, I think I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um for me, I think the biggest thing I value is man coverage ability just because there's so few players that have that ability. And, I mean, if they don't have it, it really changes what you're allowed to do with them. And that's not to say there aren't good zone coverage cornerbacks that are super valuable. It's just I think that's the most valuable form of coverage and allows you to do the most. I'm a big believer in scheming the pass rush and just it's tougher to scheme coverage. I am a believer in that, so I want to see that man coverage ability just because it allows you to scheme a lot more other things outside of it. So that's huge. Since I like man coverage ability, you got to be a good athlete. It's a reactive position, not a proactive position. The wide receiver is going to be dictating what you're doing, and you have to be able to hang with them. So relative athletic score, this is the one position where I just I want, I want the best athlete, and if you're not the best athlete, you're probably off my board. And if you're a Richard Sherman or someone like that, that's awesome. That's awesome. And you get through, you're great. I love Richard Sherman, but it's so few and far between where you find players like that, especially playing man coverage to where it's just not what I'm looking for at the position. I, I want you to be hitting those thresholds. I care about it quite a bit more than the other position. And the last thing is tackling. I think more than anything, if you've got someone that's going downfield, those missed tackles are a big deal. Because if you're missing a tackle at 15 yards and there's no one besides you within five, six yards of them, especially some of these wide receivers, all of a sudden it's a 40, 50-yard game. And I think that's a huge deal. 
Uh, so I really do care about tackling, especially if I'm asked to play man coverage where they're kind of on an island. You have to be able to bring that guy down if you miss coverage. So uh, that, that's pretty huge for me. Uh, I think this is the one position, too, where I will say I do care about like 40-yard dash times, long speed. It matters more here because you can't get burnt. You can't let someone beat you in a foot race where you can't catch up. It's, it's uh, especially playing man coverage again. Uh, it's huge. So uh, a guy that kind of personifies all of that for me is Jamel Dean, where he's a freak athlete, ta- insanely good tackler. I think, I can't remember, I didn't look this up off the top of my head, but I think it was like a 3% missed tackle rate, something just absolutely absurd, especially for the position, especially playing in the conference he's playing in, where he's going up against the Julio Jones of the world. He's going up against just tremendous athletes every single week. I, I, I was really impressed there. And he can handle man coverage pretty well, uh, unless he's playing uh, DK Metcalf 2019. But, uh, yeah, Jamel Dean is a guy that uh, I, I just like watching him. Man. He's big, he's physical, and uh, he's a clean tackler. He's a good story, too, after having, I believe it was multiple ACL tears, and then he blew up Did the he? combine. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. I believe, you know, he had two to three knee injuries, you know. Excellent to combine. It's awesome seeing him become a breakout as a star for the uh, Buccaneers. But we're on to our last position. Going to go to the safeties. Alex, the floor is yours, my friend. This, at least defensively, is probably my favorite position to scout. So uh, I, I'm a big I'm a big safety fan. It was my favorite position to play coming up, and uh, I love safeties. But uh, right now, I think the thing I value most in a safety is versatility. I want someone that can play in the box if they have to. I want someone that can play single high if they have to. And I think that the ability to hide what coverage you're in and change schemes around during the snap, not let the offense dictate things to you, is huge. And we're really starting to see it, especially with more of those two high looks. I, I, I firmly, firmly believe that that is where the NFL is going, and that's where safety value is kind of sneaky right now. I think those players aren't getting played like the value that they are bringing to the table. And you have someone who can truly not just technically play both positions, but actually thrive in those positions. Uh, you get one of those guys I'm, I'm in already every single time. Next thing, processing. It's another one of the positions where you're over the middle. You've got to be reacting. And if you are hesitating, you're going to be giving up a big play every single time. So processing is going to be incredibly important. You need to know whether you're kind of staying where you are, whether you're crashing down, whether you're going sideline to sideline, whether you got to close in and be doubling up on someone, helping out with a tackle. There's a lot of things you got to be thinking on. It's one of the most heady positions, I believe, in the NFL. And uh, you got to be a quick processor almost as much, almost like a mic. I think that you're starting to see safeties are starting to be those, those guys who are really the captains of a defense right now. And I think you're going to see a lot more of them wearing headsets out there. And uh, the last thing is, again, athleticism i want really athletic defensive backs i want someone that can guess wrong and still recover quite a bit at this position because it's going to happen that's a huge thing i think you've got to be able to uh, bust angles quite a bit in that position close down pretty quickly so really like good athletes and i the guy i'm picking again he might be a star i don't know it seems like he's starting to get the buzz to it i think there's a real chance he's going to be an all pro this year but he hasn't played at that level quite yet. Darnell Savage, outside of quarterback, he's my favorite player to watch in the NFL. He's just so fast. The flash plays are so big. He just needs to become better in the run game and more consistent in coverage. But 
And I mean, you could say that about anybody to be a better player, but I think he had something like 20% of his tackles were, were broken. Can't have that if you want to be an all pro type player, but someone who could truly play single high, truly play in the box and just really be a difference maker all levels on defense and just be someone who makes quarterbacks wrong when they were right. I think Darnell Savage is that guy. What do you, what do you value in a safe position? A lot of what you said, man, you know, great minds think alike. It's a good thing you and me are doing this podcast together. We agree so much. Uh, Definitely the versatility. I was going to say that just having the uh, option of, you know, that interchangeability from playing free in the box, you know, overhang, all that stuff being just versatility. We could say versatility for every position here, but especially with safeties, you know, just the ability to move them all over the field and have them excel and play in different roles. Uh, Zone coverage is a big thing for me. You know, I like the analogy you brought up to a Mike linebacker being able to call out plays, you know, be kind of like a second a second leader on that defense. I kind of like using the analogy between the Mike and, you know, a safety between kind of like an NBA. This is an NBA podcast, but think about it as like, you know, you have your point guard. Let's say you got like, I don't know, like Chris Paul or something. You need a secondary playmaker somebody else who can, you know, make that extra pass and, you know, just help out the team. And I feel like that's kind of similar football-wise to the connection between, you know, linebackers and the safeties. And then I'll also say run defense. You know, if a guy's breaking off a big play on the offense, you cannot risk having a safety who's just going to, you know, run like a bed out of hell and just completely whiff on a tackle because that because that just destroys a play and chances are if a safety is missing a tackle and he's not coming downhill it's a touchdown but a guy who i really like or who i did like coming out a guy who i liked a lot coming out last year was someone who actually played a lot of linebacker for his team that's carolina panthers Jeremy Chin, I believe he is going to move back to safety this year. He just has that versatility, that elite athleticism. Pretty sure his missed tackle rate in his rookie year was pretty solid compared to previous rookies that were playing. And, you know, he showed off some um, really diligent ball skills. You know, the football IQ is there, especially coming from a small school like Southern Illinois. I don't care how athletic you are. Making that jump from a small program like that to the NFL and succeeding right away is always very, very impressive. So Jeremy Chin, I definitely think he could end this season with a good year being named one of the top 10 safeties in the NFL. Yeah, I can see it. I was a big, big Jeremy Chin guy coming out as well. He's actually one of my like, favorite players I've scouted, I think just for how much I enjoyed watching him play. I think last year, you could definitely tell he was coming from a smaller school a little bit at times. He, they played him at yeah linebacker, cornerback, yeah. truly versatile. And I think that maybe that was to his detriment at certain times, just because they were asking him to do so many things. There were some like mental errors, I would say, when he was out there, but the flash plays, I mean, my goodness, like, he filled up a stat sheet like few other small school players have coming out, especially at a position like safety and especially doing what they were asking him to do. And just a phenomenal athlete. And like you mentioned, I mean, 
11.4% miss sack rate, especially playing, you know, everything from linebacker to cornerback. Pretty phenomenal, and you can definitely live with that at safety. Uh, I, I like that pick quite a bit. I think if I didn't pick Darnell Savage, that was actually the guy I was looking at. So we definitely agreed quite a bit on the safety position. So try to keep it under 90 minutes here so we won't go too in-depth, but uh, just kind of want to do a short little discussion on uh, which position is the hardest and easiest positions for you to uh, scout and why. Uh, yeah, I mean, the easy, are you asking, like, what's the easiest for me or the one I feel most comfortable with or my favorite? Most confident. Most confident and least confident. That's tough because I'm just so incredible. I mean, I, I I don't miss. I'm like, I'm like Steph Curry. I don't miss. Nah. But if I had to say um, a position I feel, like, really, really comfortable with, it's probably linebacker. Uh, you know, the inside linebackers, you know, I feel like, being able to I, I feel confident in being able to read, you know, the instincts of what the player is going to do. You know, I appreciate watching linebackers. I love watching defensive tackles and edges too, but linebackers, you know, for this segment I kinda went back in like my grades from the past few years and, you know, I I was pretty solid with it. I felt like I had the you know, a very good hit rate with stuff like with, you know, prospects and whatnot. I had a very good hit rate with prospects and stuff like that. But, you know, linebacker is my top one. If I had to say my worst, I mean, you. this is where you and me disagree. I, I struggle a bit with safety, which sounds weird because I brought up that analogy with, like, linebackers and safeties. But, you know... The alignments and stuff like that, you know, I get it, it gets a little it gets a little too much for me. And that's just me being honest with you. I looked up, you know, some like how to scout some stuff like that. You know, I've been studying different alignments for it. This is me just being honest with you and, you know, all of our listeners out there. I trust myself to watch every position, but the one that I always gotta keep an extra you know, set of eyeballs on is that safety position. But I feel like I feel like I'm improving there, man. And yeah, everything else I I feel pretty confident in. I'm, what about you? Fair enough. Yeah, we see this pretty differently. Uh, I think for me, definitely the easiest positions are going to be the positions that I played coming up. So, quarterback, wide receiver, running back, and uh, defensive back positions. I'm more confident in uh, offensive line defensive line easier to see just because it's a lot more fixed what's going on there's a lot less left open to context like you're either winning your battle or you're not and you can kind of see why or why not like why do you use that rep why do you win that rep it's a lot more kind of one-on-one and less like scheme dependent but uh with that being said i think if i was choosing one position i would, I would have to go i'll be enough safety just because it's it's what i enjoy the most it's what i'm the most nerdy about and uh, it's what I'm like, you know, spending the most time just watching tape of all the time, listening to defensive coordinators explain what they're doing, listening to offensive coordinators explain what's causing them problems. I, I just, I love to watch it. Hardest for me, pretty much tie, it's going to be linebacker and tight end, just because kind of the opposite of the offensive line, defensive line battles is so much of that is left into trying to guess what their assignment actually was. And it's so much less clear than at most other positions that 
I'm looking at a fixed outcome and I think I know what's going on, but it might not be true. It's, it's just really tough to tell what they're exactly asked to do compared to other positions. So I'm the least confident that I know exactly what's going on. Crazy, man. Just absolutely, it's completely different, but you know, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, you know what? It's not just you and me. People have different preferences and stuff like that. That's what's awesome about this NFL draft community. Like, there's so much variance, and sometimes it can lead to disagreements, but other times, you know, you get stuff that's in common, and it's just awesome. And it's a really yeah. good passion. Both it's what makes fun. it fun. It's what makes it, it fun. It is what makes it fun. makes for good discussion, which is what makes it fun and makes you feel like spending that extra time to grind the tape see what's going on and feel a bit more confident in what you're saying. So I'd love to do it. Love to have you on. Love doing this first podcast. We're definitely starting off, you know, it's going to be a little clunky at times, but we're working through it. We're going to get more rhythm going between us, maybe speed things up a little bit more, but a lot of fun. Kind of want to touch very briefly on what you can expect going forward. I know these are things we've talked about at least a little bit is uh, definitely doing some uh, like, draft positional rankings coming into the season guys we're looking for how we see certain players talking a little bit more of the scheme stuff like i think one thing we've discussed is talking about you know how we would build an offense how we would build the defense and maybe choosing some coaches that would exemplify what we want to build in the team if we were building a team just from a philosophical standpoint and uh also just talking about the nfl what's going on power rankings teams are most excited to see teams were you know most excited to see people get fired from if we're being honest here so uh i think we've got some good content coming out i think it's going to continue to get smoother and smoother and uh, we appreciate you rolling with us hope we can build it up definitely feel free to let us know if you have any suggestions any comments anything you want to hear anything that you you don't want to hear that we did say anything like that uh you know we're just excited to keep building this thing out and uh get the ground rolling so zach thanks for having on I'm sorry I teased you at times. I love you, man. And uh, I'm just too. excited to Lo- keep working on this project with you, man. Love you too, brother. Listen, it's all love at the end of the day, but I 100% agree with you. You know, told our listeners out there, like, you know, we're dedicated to this. We want to give you guys, you know, not only factual information, entertainment, but we also want to be objective, you know. And, you know, eventually we want to try and get you guys – involved in stuff like that too so like alex said any suggestions you guys have any ideas that you would want for a podcast for us to do like me and alex are game for that like we will 100 percent read that we will take that into consideration you know as this starts get going as this ball starts you know getting rolling on the ground i'm stuttering like an idiot right now um you know we we could eventually work through it we'll work through it (laughs) yeah 100 but you know we probably do some q a's stuff like that you know try and get you guys involved but we really appreciate the support so far uh yeah awesome alex it's been a pleasure my guy it's been a pleasure like always we back at a bare minimum around this time next week you can find zach at nfl underscore deets if you want any giants content this is your guy right here, especially if you're in New York or you just want general football talk, general draft talk. Good follow. Go out. Definitely follow him if you're not. You can find me at Juicy underscore Jensen. You're going to have to deal with some baseball content as well. That's just the way it is. That's that's what I'm doing. But you're also going to start seeing a lot more football content coming out. And, uh, yeah, 
just excited to get this project going. Thank you for listening. Have a great night. Put me here and I'm all yours. Not for the money and it's not for the applause. No. Let's put the noise plate section.